Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Often when we're talking on these episodes, we talk about counseling and the fact that we're counselors. We talk about therapy. I know we've both alluded to going to therapy or counseling ourselves. And so this week I got a question from someone like, you know, what is therapy and how do you find one if you think you might need to go to one, you know? That's a really great question. And I think a lot of people probably, you know, don't really even know where to start. I think sometimes we take it for granted because it's something we've done for so long and we know where to look for resources. But honestly, I know some people don't even know what you would go to therapy for or when it would be right to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like if a person asked you, you know, when should they go to therapy? What what would you answer? I would probably you know answer with a question like what are you struggling with what is you know how long have you been struggling with this um is this something that you know you've reached out and asked friends about or asked family about or is this something that you feel like you can't talk to your friends or your family about um and then just encourage them and share with them kind of maybe some of my experiences with therapy Um, definitely I can talk about, you know, things that I've had clients come in and share with me and kind of how we've handled it, but I don't know about you. I mean, once someone finds out that you're a therapist, you know, they, they want to ask questions. They want to, you know, bend your ear and kind of get information and, and people are curious. And that's been my experience. I can't tell you. I, I remember one time in particular, we were on a fishing trip on vacation and the, uh, the captain of the boat basically found out that I was a drug and alcohol therapist and his daughter struggled with addiction. And we spent the entire charter talking about his daughter. Did he pay you at the end? (laughs) No, No, I didn't get paid. Um, But it was kind of like I felt hostage. Like I was, (laughs) I couldn't go anywhere. And that happened recently on a camping trip. The lady that uh, was camping with us, you know, she was having some issues and she, I was standing with my dinner plate, like waiting to eat. And she stopped me to talk and she must have talked for 40 minutes straight. And I'm standing here with my plate. Just all I, all I want to do is eat my hot dog. (laughs) Well, all I want to do is put this hot dog in my mouth. And people came up and tried to like, you know, intervene and try to like give me an out. And she just wouldn't, she wouldn't stop. She wouldn't stop talking. And so, you know, that's, that's been my experience. And I'm always happy to share with people resources. And that's generally what I do when like a friend or a family comes to me is I tell them, you know, like, these are some resources. These are some things that you can do, you know, calling your insurance and getting a list of providers and then looking those people up because most, most therapists have, you know, either their own website or they're listed on websites with bios and, you know, information about themselves. So it's good to kind of do your homework and see if you feel a connection when you're reading through bio or their about me page. Because I don't think people realize that all therapists are not created equal. I mean that, you know, some therapists specialize in things. So if there's a specific issue going on, you may want to search for a therapist who specializes in that, or at least, you know, has a background in that. That's, uh, that's, you know, we certainly, we are all just uh, different and we're all different uh, types of, we we do different types of and styles of counseling because we're all different 
people and we bring our individual personality kind of into our practice. And so we'll, we'll be different that way too. Uh, what kind of websites do you refer people to whenever they, when, when, if you think someone, maybe they ought to just take a look and do some searching? My number one go-to is psychology today. Okay. There's a tremendous amount of therapists listed there. You can do a search for keywords and it will pull up therapists that, you know, say maybe you're looking for somebody who deals with addiction or you're looking for somebody who deals with grief. You can put in those keywords and it will, you know, in your zip code and it will show you, you know, therapists in your area that specialize in that particular thing. And then any therapist on psychology today generally has, you know, a profile with some information about themselves and kind of their style, um, how they work. And then, you know, sometimes a little bit about their history and maybe a link to their own website where there's, you know, more in-depth information, or you can go and kind of do a little bit of research and see kind of what their specialties are, but it's generally listed. Everything that you need to know is typically listed. And, and something else I think is, you know, I, I think everyone would benefit from having a therapist that you don't even have to have anything major going on mm-hmm. to go to therapy. Some people go just to learn how to deal with stress or learn how to communicate better or, uh, you know, to set goals. And I know one thing you do is coaching. So I imagine sometimes uh, people come to you and you are kind of uh, relate to them in more of like a coach style where it's mm-hmm. just like they want to hey, I want to set some goals and I want to accomplish some stuff. And it can be kind of brief, like let's do this in six weeks. And I I know I've seen a a life coach for that. I went in and we set four goals and we had a a plan of action and it was going to take six weeks and boom, it was, it was not a long-term lay on the couch and talk about your childhood type issue. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, that's, that's something that, I tell people it's kind of like maintenance. It's you, you like for me, for instance, I see my therapist every three weeks. We just have a standing appointment every three weeks. And there are some weeks when I go and I feel like I don't have anything to talk about. I feel like everything is good. There's not really any stressors or anxiety issues happening. I get the most out of the sessions because he's really good about, you know, pulling things out or saying, you know, we talked about this last time, you know, how's that going? And, you know, going back to that kind of accountability piece or, you know, talking about the goals and kind of where we're at and all of that. I think it is a good practice. I think it is, you know, I look at it like, you know, maintenance on your car, you just do it to take care of it long-term. And that's our mental health is something that we have to maintain and we have to take care of. When the very first time you ever went to therapy or thought you might need to? When was that? I mean, how did that kind of come up in your life? So I kind of grew up in therapy. My parents um, separated and ended up divorcing when I was in elementary school. I can't remember what grade or how old I was. I remember a couple little details, but through that process, my mom um, got me started in therapy. There was a program called Rainbow Days, and I don't know if it's still around. It is. It is. Is it? Uh Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, it was just kids. And, you know, I I don't remember a lot of details about it. But I just I remember it being like a good feeling around it, like it was a good outlet. And then as I got older, you know, when I when I came out, like that was something, you know, my mom was like, well, you see a therapist. And so I did. Um, And it actually was one of the 
the better relationships I've had with the therapist because it was, he knew why I was coming there and I knew. And so there wasn't a need to like, keep it a secret or not talk about this thing that was kind of scary and, you know, something that I hadn't really made peace with or hadn't really said out loud. So it was the first time I was really able to be just honest with the therapist, which sounds really weird, but these relationships, you know, we were talking about this earlier, they have to develop. And sometimes we end up with a therapist or we build kind of a long-term relationship with a therapist. And we feel like, you know, we can't talk about certain things because, you know, the fear of judgment or the fear of, you know, getting fired as a client. Um, So lots of different things, but so to answer your question, long answer, the short is basically I've, I've just kind of grown up in therapy and there have been you know, times where I've gone consistently and then times where I've gone years without seeing anyone, you know, when the pandemic started, that's when I really decided like my mental health is declining and I've got to kind of get a handle on this. So I started back and, you know, have just gone consistently since, Mm -hmm. and it's been something really good and healthy for me. Yeah. I I think that you don't have to have a a big problem going on to go. And that's a, you know, uh, you talked about uh, going uh, to see a therapist when you uh, came out and it was a, it it ended up being a great relationship. Have you ever had any uh, situations where you've gone to see a counselor and it's not been a good situation or it hasn't been a good experience? I have had that happen. I think with one therapist, but the one that stands out the most, the most recent was with a psychiatrist. Um, Like I said, when the pandemic started, that's when I realized that I needed to get some help. And so I sought out a psychiatrist, just, you know, a quick Google search based on my area. And he was awful. Like he, I met with him, I think three times because I kept thinking, okay, maybe it's just me. (laughs) maybe maybe I'm just having an off day and but he he didn't listen he didn't he didn't take my past into consideration I have a history of you know treatment for depression and anxiety and I know what medications I've tried and what works for me and what doesn't work for me and he basically wanted to start that entire process over which when you're already feeling depressed and you're already feeling kind of down and out that's like not a time that you want to go backwards with medications Mm -hmm. and you know go back to experimenting if you know that there's you know something that's worked for you in the past Mm -hmm. you know being a professional in this field of addiction like I felt I felt and it was probably my ego my pride and my ego came into play a little bit but I felt like he wasn't taking into consideration that I you know this is the field I work in and you know was being treated you know like I I don't know, just not, it felt like it wasn't, there wasn't a respect there. There wasn't like a professionalism. Um, That's not the right word. It just didn't, it it didn't feel right. Yeah. All all that I've heard, and I mean, especially, gosh, in the last 20 years, maybe of counseling is, you know, um, being client centered that we're supposed to focus on what the client wants where they are that none of our clients are going to be the same that you're going to have some clients that have never gone on this journey and you'll start at step one with them and kind of move in that uh, direction and some people will come and they will have a lot of experience and, Mm -hmm. and you listen to what they want you don't start at your page one because that's what you do with everyone you're not 
you're not helping a person if you're just kind of, if you as a, as the professional have little boxes that you have to tick mm -hmm. off and feel like you're doing the right thing, you have to hear what the person that comes to you wants. And that that's the reason if, if, if people are asking me about uh, therapists and we give them some of that information, I also want them to know like, you don't have to stay just because you went to one. If it's not a good fit, mm -hmm. I like to tell people after they do their search and they find somebody use the first session as more of like a consultation or an interview to see if it's even a relationship that you want to continue. Because I mean, why, why spend the time, invest the money, invest your, you know, one hour a week or whatever you uh, are, are, however the amount of time you're going why invest that with a person that's just it's just not a good fit and you know we right. we we don't make friends with everyone we see we don't uh you know buy every house we look at you know <laughs> not every car is right for us it just you know therapy therapists are like that too i agree i was telling you about a, a time a, a a few years ago, I wanted to go see someone and, and I had insurance and I decided, well, I'm going to use, I'll use my insurance. And I went to see a, a guy just randomly picked him for no reason, just out of my insurance book. And it was off. It was an awful experience. I, I went there for a reason. And I kept telling him, this is what I'm going through. This is the thing. This is the mm -hmm. thing. And he never even made eye contact. He was going through some kind of an assessment, asking me questions. And I was crying. I mean, I was, I was just in a place I was hurting. He never looked up. He never wow. said, I noticed you're crying and any of those kind of things. He just was going through this assessment. And at the end, he said, well, do you want to schedule to come back next Tuesday? I'm like, no, I'll wow. call you. I'll call you to do that and never saw him again. And it dawned on me, like if I didn't know that counseling didn't have to be that way, or that wasn't the norm, I probably would have never gone back to counseling and I would have assumed it was all like that. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to scream out to the world, like, don't believe that one experience is the only way that just, there are so many good therapists and unfortunately, maybe it's just my opinion and I'll state it as that is my opinion. A lot of really good therapists don't take insurance because yeah. they don't have to take insurance because their schedule is full because they're good at what they do and people are willing to pay cash to come see them. So yeah. a lot of newer counselors and therapists are, are on insurance panels. And once they kind of get trained and that they do real well, they don't, they're, they're not on them anymore. So yeah. I hate to say that because that almost sounds like you have to have money to go to counseling. And that's not true because there are good counselors who take insurance and there are good counselors that work for programs that are paid by, you know, scholarship funds or, mm -hmm. or other kind of indigent type funding. And um, they're certainly out there and they can be found. It is definitely the, I think the thing that most people struggle with is, you know, how, how do I find that person? And that's when I, you know, I go back to the psychology today. I mean, you can do a Google search and I, you know, I mentioned I did a Google search on the psychiatrist and his bio was very well written. Like it was all about, you know, how he's client focused and how, you know, he listens to his clients and all I could think in that experience was who wrote this? <laughs> like, this is not. <laughs> you do not have a lot of insight into yourself. No. <laughs> wow. That's well, I, I, you know, I, 
also think asking other people. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're willing to, I mean, some people feel a little bit ashamed because they still there's still so much stigma that you know you shouldn't you should you're weak if you seek help, which is such a load of mm-hmm. crock of pile mm-hmm. of it's just not true. Uh, I think some of the strongest people I know ask for help and and are you know real genuine about their struggles but asking others if you're willing you know if you know somebody who went to counseling ask them because they may be able to tell you someone that they would suggest and it cuts through all those searches and um i also think like if you're involved in any organizations or places like if you go to church a lot of churches have counselors and and those are free sometimes a lot of um people in in groups that you might be a part of have there are counselors I mean just um there there are counselors in all kinds of places and you uh, may be surprised if you just if you're a member of something take a look and see if mm-hmm. they, they have one um ask people that you know and and I just can't stress enough uh, let that initial appointment be just to see if it's the right fit and if it is that's fantastic then keep going if it's a good fit definitely I think um I'm one of the the types that I feel like, and I encourage people to do this as well, uh, you know, go more than once usually is my theory, because the first time is going to be awkward. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. It is a lot of kind of gathering information. Um, so the second session is normally different. Um, but if the, in that first session, like your example, you gave, you're crying and the person is not even acknowledging that, then that is not someone that you should make an appointment with right. for, you know, if that's what happens in the first session, then that's a pretty, that's some pretty good insight as to what that relationship would look like. But the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, when you call to make an appointment, sometimes you just get an assistant or an office manager or something that's just scheduling you, but you can ask questions. You can ask to, you know, have a quick conversation with the therapist. Um, there, there are options and you can ask things like, what kind of therapy do you practice? How, you know, how, how long do you generally work with clients to offer virtual or in person, you know, just like, you know, normal questions that we have. I always think of it kind of like doctors, you know, when we go to the doctor's office, we have questions and the doctor comes in and goes out so quickly that, you know, we forget the questions or we're intimidated by, you know, this is a doctor, you know, they're just, they tell us what to do and we just do it and we don't ask questions. And sometimes that's a good thing. And other times it's not a good thing. So, so what would a person expect if, if people want to know what is therapy? I mean, what, what do you do when you go? What, what would, what do you, what, how do you answer that? Well, I will tell you, it's not like you see on TV. You don't go in and lay on a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, at least not since about Freud. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have people all the time say, should I just lay down here? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like, no, you, you don't need to lay down. Unless that's something you want to do. If that's yeah. something that'll make you comfortable, then you go right ahead. But I have the best lay down um, chaise in my home office. I'd love to get it in a counseling office. <laughs> people would be nice. frightened, I'm afraid. But yeah, I mean, I I would just probably talk a little bit about, you know, the different types of therapy, um, kind of what I practice. and you know, kind of how therapy and coaching can kind of go together. 
um, setting boundaries, just some of the things that we generally work on, like setting boundaries, identifying, you know, situations that are leading to stress and anxiety, you know, looking at solutions and not just the problems, because that's very important. And I'm very solution oriented. I'm also, you know, very much a person that wants individuals to see like, what is the positive that can come from this experience? Because a lot of time we really get stuck in the problem. We really get stuck in the trauma and we don't look at, you know, what, what positive can come from this? Like what's the takeaway? And something that I've experienced in my life is that for most of the traumatic experiences I've had, you know, if I could go back and change them, probably I would, but also I, I believe that they've helped me become the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that's helped me, you know, as far as being a therapist and probably a big reason as to why I became a therapist. Um, so, you know, just, just sharing a little bit about trying to, trying to let them see a little bit about me, a little bit of my personality, a little bit of education and what to expect. And, you know, just kind of giving them that information and seeing, you know, if they have questions, if they have, you know, specific things that they want answered or if they have specific issues that they want to work on. Oftentimes I have people come in and they, you know, I've had a couple of men that have come in that their wives have pretty much insisted that they needed to talk to someone. Mm. And I've had grown big masculine men come in my office and by the end they're crying, you know, they walk in and say, I don't understand this whole therapy thing. And I don't know what this is supposed to accomplish. What good is it to talk about things, you know, and then they're, you know, in the midst of all their feelings and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes crying. Um, and it just, it, it's one of those things that you, you can't, I don't think you can really explain the experience. I think that you have to just trust the process. You have to go and you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You have to, you know, be honest, be open and trust that that's going to be received well. And it's not going to be something where your trust is broken or, you know, you don't get the respect or you know, whatever it is that you need to, you need in order to feel comfortable. Cause to me, that's a big part of what a therapist does is they help build a relationship and a, and a safe environment that you feel comfortable sharing these things. Absolutely. And, and sometimes you don't cry at all and mm -hmm. you still get a great deal out of it. It's, it's, that's why it's so individual. It's so different for everyone. Uh, yeah. I think that, um, I mean, like you talked about um, people coming in and really getting into the stuff. And then some people just need a few sessions, you know, it's a, it's, it's pretty concrete. I mean, one of the, you know, counseling theories is called cognitive behavioral uh, therapy and it's it's very black and white it's you know here here the the gist of the therapy is your uh, problems all lie in your beliefs kind of how you look at things mm -hmm. and so the counselor will spend time with you kind of breaking down the areas that are causing you trouble and 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 talking to you about how you are how you're believing about you know what what's your belief about those certain things and from that do some exercises and and that type of therapist is probably going to give you homework assignments and you do mm -hmm. homework assignments outside of therapy and then you come back and you talk about them and you start changing your beliefs and there are some therapists you don't get homework it's not a homework mm -hmm. thing it's so different depending on the person i i 
I suspect even you as a counselor, whenever clients come to you, you're a little different depending on who the client is and what their needs are. I do both. I have clients that I give homework to, clients that I don't, and some of those clients do the homework, some of them don't. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely a case by case. I've said it before, I'll say it again, like we're not gingerbread people. We don't all, res- all respond to the same thing. The same approach doesn't work for everyone. So, you know, being able to get to know the person a little bit and figure out, do I need to sugarcoat this and slowly, gently walk them to this point? Or can I just be really direct and say, you know what, this is, this is where you're at. Um, this is where you want to be. And this is a quick path, the, the fastest path, you know, to get there. Um, sometimes people are very, you know, responsive to that. And sometimes, you know, they need kind of a slow, gentle approach. So it's just, it depends on the client, you know, absolutely depends on kind of where they're at, what their needs are and, you know, how, how quickly they want to resolve the problem or how quickly they want to dive into information and how willing, and just kind of, again, meeting them where they're at and helping them just get a little bit further down that road a little bit. I, um, my students are sometimes surprised when I tell them as, as a counselor, we don't fix people's problems. It's not just that they walk in and tell us all their problems and we tell them all the things they should do to make those problems better, that, uh, we really work with the client to solve their own problems. You know, they do, they do a lot of the, uh, they do the work, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the person going to, Uh, therapy does the work. Something that surprises, surprised me is that clients sometimes lie. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was like, well, why would you waste your money? Well, then I was in counseling once and I didn't tell the truth about something that a counselor asked about. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. It's not Mm -hmm. like outright being deceitful. It's some kind of a safeguard. Like I'm not going to tell you that yet. I'm not ready to trust you Mm -hmm. with that kind of piece of information yet. And, um, you know, those are issues for me. It was a red flag. Like I've got something to work on right there. There's a reason I'm not willing to answer that question. What's that about? Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, some people are ready to work on stuff and some people aren't ready. And, and I, I think that when I get ready to work on something, as the client, it's usually because I've developed a relationship with that person. You know, I don't spill, spill it all out on the first day, even mm-hmm. though I, I kind of, I see myself as a pretty open person and, and someone who's willing to talk about problems and willing to hear feedback and, and relatively insightful about my own problems and defects and things that I need to work on. Not always, but relatively. (laughs) I'm trying to say that with enough grace because I'm thinking there's somebody out there saying you are not insightful because I never can convince you you're this way. One of the things that I find myself saying to clients often is that a lot of this information you already know, you know, you already have the answers to these questions. It's just accessing it and, you know, sometimes just saying it out loud And people don't understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be this scary, awful journey. It's just something that you get to take at your own pace. And I know there's been periods in my life where I've gone to therapy and gotten to a point where I felt like this is too much. 
you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm really like, cause you, you know, you're putting things under a microscope when you're in therapy and you're really kind of focusing in on problems and hopefully solutions, but you have to, you know, really dig into those problems. And I remember a therapist telling me, you know, it's okay if you need to take a break, it's okay if you need to, you know, schedule in a month instead of a week, or, you know, if you need to take some time, because this is heavy, this is heavy stuff. And sometimes you need time to process it. And I remember thinking like, that's, that's something that I've needed in the past with therapists. But instead of doing that, I just never went back, you know, so understanding that, you know, if you feel overwhelmed, or you feel I think it's something you definitely should talk to your therapist about. Um, you shouldn't just make that decision and, you know, not clue them in on <laughs> to what's happening. Because sometimes that can be avoidance. It can be, you know, not wanting to deal with something. So you create an excuse. But, you know, for the most part, you know, having that open dialogue and understanding this person's in, you know, invested in you. Um, I think a lot of times people think, well, you only care because I'm paying you to care or you only have an opinion because I'm paying you. And, and you know, for me, if I could do what I do for free, 100% I would do it. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, like I work for the nonprofit um, Foundation 45 and those people get to come in for free. They don't have to pay any money for the group therapy that they get, which is just incredible. Amazing. It's totally incredible. And, you know, it's, if I could do that in my own practice, I would a hundred percent, but unfortunately, you know, it's, it's my job and it's my income. So I have to charge understanding that that's not, it's, it's not a money thing. Like that's one thing as a therapist, I hate talking about money. Mm. I don't like collecting payments. <laughs> I don't like reminding people that they owe money. Um, it's just uncomfortable for me. But it's something that I've had to make peace with because obviously it's, you know, again, it's my income, it's my job, but I don't do what I do for the money. I do it because I want to help people. I want to encourage people. I want to give back what I've been given through therapy. You know, I want to, I've had a lot of help and I've gained a lot of insight through, you know, my own journey. And that's what I want to, to help other people with. I, I also, um, think sometimes people are afraid to, sh to, you know, to tell some of those secrets because they're afraid that they'll be judged. And I can't, I, I can't make anyone believe it, but how I've heard a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things. Nothing surprises me anymore. And nothing a person shares with me anymore makes me think less of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, what, whatever, a person is struggling with behaviors they've engaged in things that have been done to them things that they've done to other people when people share that with me I don't look at them differently if I look right. at them differently I think that I look at them with more admiration mm -hmm. that you were willing to be open and honest and vulnerable with me and you trusted me with that and I usually just care that much more about your journey mm -hmm. I and so I think uh, it's important for people to know counselors do this because they really want to they don't uh, most uh, aren't judgmental and aren't going to shame you for mm -hmm. what you're telling them like how you did that oh my gosh you're an awful awful person um, they're an awful awful counselor if they do that yeah. you know I just I have so much respect for people who tell me who they are and tell me the truth about their their um their experiences i just i'm 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 awed by people who want who are authentic and begin to live in the truth of their of their life my thoughts are if you think 
you might need therapy or you're asking some questions about, you know, that maybe, maybe it's time, you know, yeah. maybe it's time that you start looking and take a leap, you know, go on the psychology today website, find someone who looks like someone you might jibe with and give them a call, start the process. It's a scary step, but it's, it's a really important thing for, you know, growth and for overall health. I always think of our mental health as important as our physical health. Like we have to take care of ourselves mentally. And if you look at it, like from a physical, like if you had a heart condition, you would do what you needed to do. You would take the blood thinners. If you were diabetic and you needed insulin, you would take the insulin. And, you know, I think there's such a stigma around you know, getting help or, you know, being treated with medications or things like that, that people are just, they're scared, they're uncertain, they're, they don't know where to go. Um, so I think, you know, like you said earlier, asking people, um, I can't tell you, I've, I've had a lot of people that have come into me based on referrals from other therapists, which is a huge compliment, yes. first of all. Um, and I really appreciate that. But um, when people can come in and already have a sense of this therapist, you know, and somebody that they know trusts this therapist, like that's a, that's a great situation to be in. It may still work out that that therapist isn't the right therapist for you, but at least it gives you a little bit of comfort going in. You know, it's not as scary. I think you just have to understand that with anything new, there's going to be some fear and that fear you know, it either motivates you or it keeps you stuck. And if it's keeping you stuck, then you have to get unstuck. And in order to do that, sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need guidance. And I'm a firm believer in that we have to trust the process in some of these things and just trust that it's going to make sense. Once we start doing it, we have to start. And we get to do that, do it with a therapist. They can't tell anybody what we say. <laughs> exactly. It's a great place to just go and dump it all. Yes. You can't do that with everybody. Right. And what that's something wonder. people may not understand that everything falls under, you know, HIPAA privacy. Like we cannot give out information. If your mom calls, we can't tell your mom how you're doing unless you've put them on your consent, your release exactly. of information. You know, we can't even tell an, an attorney or a court unless there's a subpoena or, you know, you've given us permission. So it's all contained. It's all you know, kept private. And, you know, there's, there's no reason to be afraid of, you know, your business getting out there. I've had clients that have had difficulty walking into the building because they're, they're afraid, or they know someone maybe that's worked in my building, um, or there's a business there that's, you know, popular, and they're afraid they're going to run into someone. Um, these are all valid fears, but at the end of the day, like you do what you have to do to take care of yourself. And if you run into somebody in the hallway, then it's a great opportunity to educate someone. <laughs> and they may be there for that reason too. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things you said that, that stands out to me is that your mental health is as important as your physical health. And what I've also learned is your mental health, when it's not taken care of, will manifest itself physically. And your, our mental um, wellness will impact our, our uh, physical wellness if we don't take care of it. I just, and I don't want to, I don't want to experience physical problems and illness or pain and stuff because I am afraid to talk to somebody about what's, what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. It shows up one way or the other. So it can show up in a healthy way or an unhealthy way. And oftentimes the unhealthy looks like 
you know, like you said, the physical illness, sicknesses, you know, all sorts of things that are not pleasant. Our stuff's going to come out. We just, you know, I like mm-hmm. knowing that I get to uh, choose how, how it comes out uh, rather than it coming out um, sideways on somebody I love, you know, mm-hmm. give it a try. Come on. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I think again, the resources, psychologytoday.com, um, they're check with your insurance company, call the number on the back of your insurance card and get some in-network people. If you're, you know, wanting to use your insurance, um, do some research on those people, read up on them. All of us have information out there and, you know, you can read bios about me, all of that stuff, see who, who specializes in what. And so, you know, there's, there's lots of things you can just do a quick Google search, you know, and that's going to pull up a ton of resources and counseling facilities that maybe, you know, employ five or 10 different therapists, you know, in one, one facility. Um, so there, there's just, there's a ton of options. It's just a matter of kind of finding that motivation, I think, to actually follow through, make exactly. the call, do the search. Exactly. I mean, heck, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, maybe they need to go see you or, or maybe mm-hmm. they need to email us and, and ask if we have any recommendations. If, if, if it's an area that I know, I certainly wouldn't mind at all if somebody reached out to us because we certainly aren't going to know them. And what, what's, to, what's to lose if we don't even know who you are? Good point. Well, I think this has been good. I think this is hopefully going to be helpful to some people. And maybe if you're feeling on the fence, this is something that's just going to like push you right over. <laughs> exactly. Push you right into the side. You can, you can land in a soft, soft therapist's arms. Don't put right. that on. On the sofa. <laughs> you can land <laughs> on the sofa. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the episode today. And don't forget that knowledge leads to life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph.